Well, well, well. I've got some good news, Steelers fans. But I'm afraid I've also got some bad news. T.J. Watt and Micah Fitzpatrick will play Sunday at Cincinnati. They were full participants in today's practice. Joe Hayden was limited, and he is listed as questionable. That's the good news. The bad news is the Bengals are a better football team than the Steelers. There is no metric that can be used to objectively say the Steelers are better than the Bengals. For years, Pittsburgh has referred to the Bengals as the Bungles. Double yoy. With good reason, too. They stink. But maybe they don't stink anymore. The Bengals haven't won a playoff game since 1990. They haven't been in a playoff game since 2015. And we all remember how that one ended against the Steelers. Flag, flag, field goal. Bungles blow it. But now the teams are headed in opposite directions. Cincinnati's got the arrow pointed up. The Pittsburgh arrow is pointed down. Sunday at Cincinnati might be the Steelers' last best chance to change those directions, however temporarily. The Bengals are second in the AFC North at 6-4. and four. The Steelers are third at 5-4-1. The Bengals have a 2-1 mark in the division. The Steelers are 1-1. One one. Do the math. Losing at Cincinnati would not be a death sentence for the Steelers, but it would put them in an undeniable and perhaps unfixable bad position. And if the Bengals win Sunday, it'll be the first time the Bengals swept the season series since 2009. And the time before that was 1998, and the Bengals went 3-13 and that season. When a team lingers around 500 as the Steelers are doing. The tendency is to keep saying, don't worry, we're still in it. And in today's parody-driven, mostly mediocre NFL, that's usually true. But if the Steelers lose Sunday at Cincinnati, they're not in it. To repeat, they're not in it. And it won't get much better next year either. Ben is a Hall of Famer, but he's 39. Joe Burrow of Cincinnati, their quarterback, he's 24 and approaching his prime. You got Lamar Jackson in Baltimore, he's 24. He's been an MVP. He's in his prime. I'm not sure what the frick Baker Mayfield is doing up in Cleveland, but he is just 26. The point is, Sunday at Cincinnati has a desperate feel to it. This is the Mark Madden Show. I work heel and I work stiff. 412-333-WXDX is the number to call to go one-on-one with the great one. Or you could do what the cool kids do and follow me on Twitter at Mark Madden X. Like I said, TJ Watt and Minka, full participants in practice today. They're going to be ready to go at Cincinnati. Joe Hayden is still questionable. Hey, you need all hands on deck for a game like this and especially those hands. I'd love to have any or all of you call the show and tell me exactly how the Steelers are better 
than the Bengals right now or how the Bengals are still the Bungles. You got Burrow, Mixon, Jamar Chase, Boyd, Higgins, all kinds of offensive weapons in Cincinnati. They're definitely a team on the rise, but currently their offense ranks 14th in the NFL. The Steelers is 22nd. Their defense ranks 15th. The Steelers is 23rd. Cincinnati averages 26.8 points per game. The Steelers are averaging 21.4. And the Bengals beat the Steelers this past September at Heinz Field. There is no metric by which you can objectively say the Steelers are better than Cincinnati. Just calling them the Bengals don't work anymore. Unless, of course, the Steelers do win on Sunday. Number to call once again, 412-333-WXDX. How was Thanksgiving? Giant Eagle once again came through for me with their great selection of heat and serve products. And if that sounds sad and lonely, well, I bet I can change your mind because I watched football, Roadhouse, The Godfather, and The Wedding Singer all in one day, admittedly in bits and pieces. That Lions-Bears game was the worst ever. It was a crime against football. But Dallas and Vegas was good, and Dallas lost in overtime, which was great. And we got the Penguins and the New York Islanders tonight. Would love to talk a lot about that today. The Penguins made it four in a row on Wednesday. They beat Vancouver at PPG Paints Arena four to one. Meantime, the Islanders suck. They're in last place in the Metro. They were supposed to win it. I'm not sure how that's happened, but let's hope it keeps happening at least for one more night. The Islanders played their first 13 games on the road because their new home rink in Queens wasn't yet ready. But then they returned home, and now they've lost three on the spin at home. And again, I say hopefully number four tonight. Evan Rodriguez scored again for the Penguins against Vancouver. A dart, a posted stamp. That's goal number seven on the season. Russ broke his duck. He had a nice goal. That's his first that didn't go through an empty net in just his second overall on the year. Zach Aston Reese got his first of the season and Tristan Jari made 36 saves. Jari made 116 saves on 118 shots over the last four games, all wins. That's a save percentage of 98.3. It's really hard to do better than that. Jari in goal tonight again at New York. That is his seventh straight start. I can't imagine he plays two games in two nights by going back in that uh, tomorrow evening at PPG Paints Arena against lowly Montreal, but uh, I would not count it out either. The Penguins are right now in the number two wild card, Huzzah, but still five points out of third place in the Metro, which is where you want to be, at least third in the Metro, getting one of your own division's playoff spots because chasing that wild card and having to watch two divisions worth of standings, that is a dicey business. Got Craig Wolfley at the bottom of the hour. Colby Armstrong at the top of the hour talking Penguins. 
again, I challenge you. Tell me how the Steelers are a better team right now than the Bengals or Bungles, depending on your point of view. At this point, the Steelers are what they are. The defense is mediocre. Bush and Schobert are disappointing. Schobert, while I don't want to call him a loser, but he played for the 0-16 Browns and the 1-15 Jaguars, so what did we expect? Takeaways are way down probably because blitzing is way down. Ben is playing better lately, played great at L.A., but the running game is in decline. The offensive line is in decline. What the Steelers have going for them the most is star power and playmakers at a few positions. And those guys have to come through for the Steelers to beat a good team. Or the Steelers just got to block punts and get lucky. This game is it. I'm telling you, this game is it. If you lose, you can pretend moving forward, maybe, but you're way behind Cincinnati and way behind Baltimore. Realistically, this game is it. Lose it, and you are in trouble. Live at the Rivers Casino Sportsbook. Things are going crazy down here. Not a full house, but not far from it. The slots, boy, I was told they have 70% capacity on their slots today. It is a gambling frenzy, and I, I feel buzzed just to be around it. So come on down and join me at Rivers Casino Pittsburgh. And don't forget, tonight, I'll be at Dom's Pizzeria in Trafford to watch the Penguins and the Islanders. we got the best football talk in town at the bottom of the hour. That's me and Craig Wolfley. I'm Mark Madden on 105.9 The X. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. So uh, what's happening? He's a little guy. Huh? What? I'd love to get the phone to say what you want to say. Very good point. The X at 105.9. playing Nebraska right now on one of the TVs here at the Rivers Casino Sportsbook. Iowa got those steelery uniforms so I was fooled for a second. Uh, I normally don't start segments with a phone call but this guy Neil's been hanging on since the start of the show so Neil, you're on. Mark, hey yo. Yeah? How you doing today? Okay Neil, this wasn't worth the goodbye. Hung on forever. Slow start. See you later. Uh, the Steelers game seems really crucial. I don't sense that many of you see it to quite the degree I do in terms of being crucial. But if you don't, you should. Perhaps like Pittsburgh likes to do, you're hiding from it. But this Steelers game seems do or die. It seems like... If the Steelers fall a game and a half off second place in the AFC North, I mean, not every team in the AFC North is going to make the playoffs, going to get a wild card. Hey, you tell me, 
833-WXDX. Now, here's what I'm hoping for. If you lose and Baltimore beats Cleveland, well, that's bad. That's not what I'm hoping for because Baltimore then is 8-3. and three. Cincinnati is 7-4. and four. Pittsburgh is 5-5-1. Five, five and one. And Cleveland is 6-6. Six and six. But if Pittsburgh and Cleveland both win, then Baltimore seven and four, Pittsburgh six four and one, Cleveland seven and five, Cincinnati is six and five. One game would separate first place and last place in the AFC North, which is exactly my dream scenario for week eighteen. So you got Watt and Minka in, so the Steelers win. Probably. Probably. Without them two, the Steelers wouldn't have a chance. But with Watt and Minka, and it's looking good, both full participants in practice today, if those guys do indeed play, the Steelers win. But the Steelers' secondary ain't great. Cincinnati has a lot of good receivers. Jamar Chase is a legitimate deep threat. Who could have cover him, especially if Hayden does not play? Then again, turnovers beat the Steelers when they lost to Cincinnati in September at Heinz Field. Ben threw two picks. Then again, the Steelers fell behind 24-7, and Ben had to throw 58 times. Jamar Chase mentioned him a moment ago. He's a deep guy. He caught two touchdowns. The Bengals are just a better team now, but not a lot better. 412-333-WXDX is the number to call. Again, I say, and I'm sure you don't like it, but... There's no metric you can apply to say the Steelers are, objectively speaking, a better team than Cincinnati. As I mentioned earlier, I was watching Roadhouse for the zillionth time yesterday. And how come the girl, the hot doctor, she doesn't want Dalton to kill anybody and lectures him? Who's going to save this town from you? But he's got 100 people trying to kill him. What's Dalton supposed to do? Like at the lake when Dalton rips Jimmy's throat out. The hot doctor runs to see if Jimmy's okay, which he isn't. He just got his throat ripped out. And the whole movie's like Vietnam. Bodies everywhere. Buildings exploding. Just an orgy of killing. And the cops don't show up until the very last scene. When Brad Wesley's been shot four times with shotguns and he flies through his own coffee table. And a couple frames later, Dalton and the hot doctor are swimming naked. Wouldn't Dalton at least be a suspect? Nobody gets arrested the whole movie. But how about when Dalton uh, and the hot doctor make love for the first time, and when they kiss, they both lead with their tongues. Ugh. You should use tongue, but not lead. Not like a lizard or a Komodo dragon. You don't do that unless you're doing it for a... Well, a different job, and then that's the only way. Well, come to think of it, not really. And I've said too much. 412-333-WXDX. It's the Mark Madden Show. Craig Wolfley talking Steelers just around the corner. I'm at Rivers Casino. It is buzzing. It is all the way live. 105.9 X. Now the super genius, Mark Madden. You live by the ass, you die by the ass. Well, I wanted to see what your thoughts were on that subject. Wait a minute, prostitution's illegal? The X at 105.9.
Steelers and Bengals Sunday at Cincinnati. It's a very, very big game. Joining me now to discuss is the all-time Steeler great. You hear him doing color commentary on the broadcast on DVE. He is the great Craig Wolfley. Wolf, the Bengals aren't the Bungles anymore. They don't have very many weak spots, do they? No, Mark, you know, you're exactly on. Look, you look at the team. They start with a guy like Burroughs, who's now got a triumvirate of pass receivers, you know, with T. Higgins, you know, uh, Tyler Boyd, who may be one of the best, uh, 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 you know, slot backs in the country there. You know, you got Jamar Chase, who now is uh, really showing himself to be dangerous down the field, though he slowed up a little bit because, frankly, as Mike Tomlin said in the press conference, people are on to, how good he is, and so they're making adjustments. But you take all that together, and then you add Joe Mixon, who has really come into his own as a, as a runner. I mean, the guy has really shown himself to be pretty uh, excellent in the running game. And um, then you flip-flop that defense. With, they spent some millions on that defense, upgrading them over the last couple seasons. And so, yeah, this is a team that has uh, just about everything you need and what they don't have. Um, they can uh, cobble together what they what, whatever it is that they can they need at the moment. Now let's hope Joe Hayden can play. It looks like Watt and Minka will. We don't know yet about Joe, but if Hayden doesn't play, how will the secondary be set up to handle all those receiving threats? Uh, like you said, that's going to be a challenge. Well, it's going to be a challenge. If you remember, James Pierre was locked up with some of the receivers, and, and they went over the top of him before and. He had some of the other guys, but the thing is, we got Minka Fitzpatrick back together, back with all the rest of the guys, and that's huge. You know, you'd love to see Joe Hayden out there. I'm afraid that, um, you know, it does. It, it looks like uh, he's questionable for Sunday, so we're hoping and praying that he's able to to join in. But you know, James Pierre is a lot more skilled and uh, a lot more battle tested than he was in the third week going back to that first game. Uh, again, with you got Minka and you got Terrell, you got. Um, uh, you know, uh, Cam uh, Sutton is playing very, very well. And so I hope James Pierre can step up, get what he needs to get done. But, again, it's going to come from those guys. And part of it is going to be getting the front end going again and getting some pass rushing on top of Burroughs. And one of them, of course, is going to be if T.J. Watkins go. That's a big thing right there. Well, you mentioned Minka being back, and him being in center field will certainly give a lot of cohesion to the guys playing in front of him. Which begs the question, Wolf, what happened on that last, last touchdown against Los Angeles? It started with a slot blitz and just kind of went kerflooey from there. It did, you know, and I'm not sure who, you know, nobody's saying who it was. All you can tell you for sure, it's a miscommunication because nobody lets a guy like Mike Williams run down the sidelines all by himself. So if Trey Norwood was supposed to be over or Arthur Millette was supposed to do something else or... Um, Cam Sutton was supposed to stay on Williams and Trey Norwood come down on top of uh, whoever was in the slot there. Look, that's that, that's a miscommunication. That's why I think make it so important because one of the things that you constantly hear from the guys when you talk to them is Minka is a quarterback at the back end of that defense. And the things that he does to get people properly aligned and make sure that they're all on the same page, that nobody's um, out there kind of wheeling and dealing on their own or, or – has uh, got a, a miscue as to what he's supposed to do. He is back there making sure that he's barking out the, the coverages and the personnel and the route combination possibilities, where your leverage is, all those things that those guys need to make sure that they are on top of with each other. 
he's out there doing it, making sure. So I, th- I just think his presence alone is very common. It's like having Ben Roethlisberger in the in the uh, huddle when you're on offense. Okay, you see seven in there, it calms everybody down. You just be quiet, you listen, you do your job. And I think a lot of that has to do with Mink on the back end. Was that L.A. game one of the nuttiest games you've ever seen? It was hard to believe what happened, Wolf, in the immediate aftermath. You had that great comeback, but you wind up losing. You know, Mark, I, I, I'm kind of run over that game over and over in my head. And, you know, first of <laughs> all, the, the, you know, the, the first thing that jumps out at me is just the amazing resiliency. These guys fly all the way out there, get out there, and keep coming back, keep coming back, and keep coming back. And, you know, the thing that really gets me is the, one of the things that, that got them was Justin Herbert, not his arm, which was great, and his ability to throw, but the fact that he could run. And nobody really – I've not heard anybody say anything about his running ability. I'd watch film the whole week long, and all I saw was little rollouts here and there, but he didn't look like any great athlete. When he got under pressure, sometimes he just threw balls into the ground and, and not even close. And, and here he is just taking off and running when he saw – when he saw – man, when he saw that corners had their backs to him, just ran. It's unfortunate. It's like Cam Hayward said. You got to stay with your push up front. You got to you got to keep your head up. You can't bury your man and just try to bull rush him uh, by putting your forehead in the chin. And now you've got to lock out, get extension, make sure that you can disengage, do all those things, not run the high arc around the back. And without T.J. Watt and, and uh, so forth, it, it was difficult. A lot of pressure was on Alex Highsmith, and Alex he did a good job. But you need more people, and uh, certainly. They just were not able to do the things that they, they, you know, you would think they were capable of doing. I thought that was Ben's best game. Uh, the numbers were there. The eye test was uh, pretty evident. But if you can't run the ball in L.A., boy, can you run the ball at all, Wolf? I'm worried about the running game, and I hope Najee hasn't hit that rookie wall. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you in the sense of, uh, you know, running the ball. But the problem is when you get behind like that. It just totally right. mitigates what Najee can do. And that's the problem that last week presented to them. I really thought, ooh, baby, we're going to see something nice happen here. We're going to see. We saw Zach Banner. I saw <laughs> Right. We got something going here. We got six foot eight, 350 pounds of man moving muscle come out there. Najee goes over the top, touchdown. We're going to roll. And then things just get out of hand again. And it's unfortunate. And then the other thing was just the way the game ended with, you know, sack, sack, incomplete pass. Uh, I think there was a penalty in there, and it's just—it was just such a dismal way to end the game when these guys have been fighting their butts off the entire day. And I really just totally had respect for everybody out there going at it, going at it. And you want to finish at least by having a, a stretch run, going down the field and, and taking shots at you know whatever you needed to get, you know the uh, getting to the end zone. And they just weren't able to muster it at the very end, and that—that's that's the downer to it. We're talking to Crave Wolfley. He's brought to us by New Flow Men's Health and by your neighborhood Ford store. Wolf, uh, how good is Joe Burrow and how good is Joe Mixon? Teams like to say they have balance, but very few teams have the kind of balance Cincinnati does. Well, you're exactly correct, and part of that has to do with an improved offensive line. The yep. fact that they will go, they'll take Isaiah Prince, they'll go jumbo, they'll try to out-leverage you on the corner. And one of the things that they'll do is they'll overload, get you to overload. Then either Mixon will cut back to the weak side, all right, or they'll run a counter trap to the weak side. 
And so you've got to kind of watch how you align because if you over-align, if you over-adjust, then he's going to create some problems for you with his ability to cut back on the weak side. I'll tell you, I, I have so much more uh, respect for Mixon this year than I've ever just watching him, seeing how he's able to um, deal with some of the overloads. He's seen the field really well with his eyes. He's seen the, the blocking schematics very well, and then he's moved and be able to do the things that he needs to do it. I got to tell you, he's right now of his game. It's cliche to say and, and simple too, but the Steelers just need to avoid takeaways. That's what lost the game to Cincinnati in September at Heinz Field. Takeaways, period. Well, you know the thing when I look at this this game coming up and the importance of this game. So much is going to be about getting a fast start in Paul Brown Stadium and protecting the ball and being able to take away the ball. And those are the things, the elements that are, are steady week in, week out. It's fundamental football. It's hard to, I know that um, for a lot of people, uh, they'll sit there and they'll go, oh, he's talking about takeaways, he's talking about turnovers, he's talking about turnovers, he's talking about, but that's it. I mean, it really is. You've got to protect the ball and you got to take the ball away. And those are the two elements that I think the Steelers have not just They've just not had too many takeaways. I mean, if you look, I think the Steelers are like a minus three or something, and I think the Bengals are up in the plus range. Um, just got to look at some of the hard facts later today. But uh, the point is looking at them, and they've got a good back end, does Cincinnati. They've got a pass coverage team that can get the job done. I'm sorry, run team uh, up front. They're good on the front end. The back end is where they're susceptible. So now I'm sitting there thinking, you know, all the last two weeks we've been wanting to take advantage of that you know, lack of run defense that the teams have presented to them, both the Chargers and the Lions. And now you got a team, I think they're fourth in run defense, but they're a lot lower in the back end of their, their uh, you know, secondary. So I wonder what the, the whole thing is going to be and how they're going to attack. Now, takeaways are done this year for that Steelers defense, but sacks are not. They're only three sacks off the league lead. I think pressure creates takeaways, Wolf. So how do you reconcile that? Those numbers kind of contradict well they do indeed and one of them of course is getting more pressure now you got to say well how are we going to get the pressure the Steelers have been good by and large with a four-man set of guys up front going after it and creating pressure so Mike Tomlin kind of talked about this past week in his press conference he drew a lot in between the lines as he called it now thinking outside the box might be something he's got to go to like for instance maybe having a spy sort of thing well one of the things that helps you with a spy is to have somebody like Minka who can coordinate exactly with whoever the spy guy is and make sure the secondary is aligned to create the coverage necessary to cover the gaps that the spy might be uh, you know, taking away from because he's got his eyes on Justin Herbert. Well, Joe Burrows doesn't run as much. He's run just 24 times. But the fact is we didn't know Justin Herbert could run either. So they're going to have to do some drawing outside the lines. And one of the things that you think about is the fire zones. We have not seen hardly any of the fire zones that uh, the Steelers are famous for in the years past. We've seen some a little bit here and there, but not not much. And so I don't know whether the the thinking will be we got to put some pressure in, and manufacture some pressure with guys coming from different places or whether they're going to pressure and just stick with their front four and see what they can do. I think a large part of it will be what kind of pressure can we get if we have T.J. Watt back and healthy with Alex Highsmith? Because with Alex Highsmith and T.J. together, along with Cam Hayward, even if um, you know you don't have a Stefan Tuitt or Tyson Alu-Alu, Chris Wormley has been doing a decent enough job of 
staying in there and getting after it. And I think the, having Isaiah Loudermouth back, it's funny. I never thought I'd be talking about this kid late until next year. But the fact that he's coming back is a huge boon to the Steelers' defensive line because he does provide some significant snaps during the course of the game. So how if they manufacture with just four or whether they start to bring some more through fire zones, we're going to have to wait and see. Devin Bush has struggled, Wolf. Whether it's that knee or not, we do not know. I kind of wonder with Mixon prospering for Cincinnati if we might not want to see a bit more of Bob Spillane this week. You know, that's another good point. And, uh, we were kicking around. Max Starks and I were talking about it today. And the fact is, you know, Robert Spillane is a viable candidate to get some more reps. I mean, this kid, you know, I love the fact that he can bang. I love the fact that uh, – He's out there, and he's a pretty good tackler and everything else. Um, I'm, I, I feel for Devin because here's the thing. I know what it's like to have a knee injury. I know what it's like to come back. And you're trying to be able to make sure that in, in your mind, your knee is capable of doing the full 360 of whatever movements you have to do out there. He is so gifted and has so many physical attributes. I'm not sure he's had to face the situation where some of that has been taken away just because of the fact he's got a knee. Maybe he's worrying about it. Maybe that's not the problem at all. Maybe the fact is because they're asking him to do some different things that uh, he's maybe a little bit unsure because Keith Butler talked about the fact that maybe in some instances he was a little unsure about some of his duties. So whether it has to do with questioning his knee or not quite certain what his assignments may be, like leverage. Leverage on a when he's covering a guy. You've got inside leverage. Can you work back to the sideline with him and those sorts of things? Well, you know, those are, those are things that can get you in trouble if you're not sure exactly what you need to do. And uh, so if it's, if it's one or the other or both, um, sometimes you sit there and think, well, maybe it's not a, a bad idea to step back and, and maybe take a little break for, for uh, a game and, and let somebody else have some more reps and, and then give you an opportunity to work back into it. Or, you know, is Devin the kind of guy like uh, you, you give him, uh, you take him back a little bit, and all of a sudden he gets honked off and he starts revving up again? I don't know because I'm not in the room with him. I've not coached him, but that's what the coaches have to decide: that what is the most beneficial to get the most out of this player. So for Keith Butler and the rest of Jerry Osavsky and the rest of the staff, they've got to make that decision because there's, it's obvious that that Devin has the physical attributes, and he at times he shows flashes of things that you go, "Wow, did you see that?" But we need to see more, and I think if you ask Devin, he wants to see. He wants to see more too. Wolf, this game is pretty close to must win, isn't it? If Cincinnati wins and Baltimore beats Cleveland, some space starts to open up in the AFC North, and that wouldn't be a good thing. No, you don't want to start going into, you know, the latter parts of the cold weather, having to chase and, you know, people getting away, and you you're not uh, able to to take care of your own future. No, you want to keep this tight. You got to keep, you got to get stacking some wins now. You know, Mike Tomlin said this before that playoff teams win in December, and you've got to win in December, and it's true. Uh, this you know this is all about now starting to put together that final push to be able to be the team that you want to be, and this is a really big game. I mean, you know, I, I you know one of the things I always love about going to Paul Brown Stadium has been in the past has been you know the the, the running of the Escaloser where they you know the Escalator running down. <laughs> I almost forgot top. about the Escaloser. We need to warm up the Escaloser. <laughs> there you go. I mean, I want to see that. I love that. You know, that's just one of those fun things in between, you know, two cities that you can have and you talk about it. But 
Yeah, this is this is a very big game. It's a huge game, and I I, I, I know that the guys are feeling it. You can believe it for sure. So I don't. I think you're going to get the very best. I think the offense is trending upward. It's the addition of the guys that were missing last week, like Minka and, and TJ. And I don't know if Joe Hayden will or will not go, but they certainly are desperately needed because uh, it's all hands on deck now. Wolf, I feel like we're going to know in about 10 minutes where this game's going. What say you? It just feels like that kind of game. Well, it's, that's quite – you know what? I can never say because I have, <laughs> I have been in games where the first five minutes, I remember telling Tunch one time ago, well, this game's gone. It's already gone. It was the Thanksgiving Day massacre. He <laughs> lost to Detroit, forty-five to three. And and from the moment that Billy Sims took a handoff, he ran to the right, jumped in the air, and planted his foot right between the eyes of Jack Lambert, right in the helmet, and cut Ooh. off his helmet. Literally, he cut off his helmet. I saw the tread marks on Jack's helmet uh, at halftime. I mean, from that moment on, the game was just out of hand, and you could just tell this is we're, we're, we're going down. Um, it's awful, but it, 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 you understand. But this game here, I've been in other games where you think, oh, you know, it, it's going to go, and it, it reverses itself. So you just never know. You got a puncher's chance, and when you got seven out there, you always got a puncher's chance. And when you got some of the other great athletes, Najee, you know, when when's Najee going to have that big break of a run, that big thing that that he can do? I think it's still. I know it's in him. I know that he's still capable. You know, defensively speaking. When are we going to have another tear out of, uh, I don't know, maybe a five, six sack game where guys get honked off and they start body tossing guys? So, you know, I always have those hopes. We'll see. It's going to be a very physical, hard-fought game. But this is a very important game. Make no mistake about that, my friend. Well, Lambert's going to be glad that story got out there, so thanks for that. Uh, Wolf, <laughs> tremendous stuff. As always, enjoy the game. I got a good feeling about this one, and we'll talk again next week. Sounds good, brother. We'll talk to you. Thanks for having me. That's Craig Wolfley brought to us by New Flow Men's Health in your neighborhood Ford store. And by the way, now that Watt and uh, Minka are playing, I think the Steelers do win this one, but I think there's going to be a few twists. I'm Mark Madden, live at the Rivers Casino Sportsbook. You're listening to 105.9 The X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. You don't have an option. You think it's the you show? It's the me show. Hey, what's up, Mark? Come on. The lights, the robe, the hair, the woo! The X at 105.9. That goofy one-on-one golf match starts in a couple of minutes on TNT. Kepka versus DeChambeau. I have no interest in that whatsoever. If they beat each other to death with clubs, now that I would watch. But the fact that they're working together to, to make money on something as phony as this indicates that their hatred for each other is not and was never nearly what it's cracked up to be. Guys who have legit intense dislike don't work together for something carny like this. If they really hated each other, they'd think it was beneath them. Then again, this is so carny, they should think it's beneath them, period. 412-333-WXDX, no quarter. Brought to you by CW Electrical Services. Make the switch at CWElectricalServices.com. We're going to talk to Colby Armstrong about the Penguins and New York Islanders game tonight. Don't forget you could watch that with me at Dom's Pizzeria in Trafford. If you wonder why the Islanders stink... 
if you wonder why they're in the last place in the Metro, when a lot of people pick them to win the division, well, consider these stats. Matthew Barzal, he's supposed to be their big gun. Eight points in 16 games. Pajot, remember when they traded for him? One goal in 15 games. Kyle Palmieri, remember when they traded for him? One goal in 16 games. Zach Parisi, played for a long time with Minnesota, got signed by the Islanders as a free agent this past offseason. He's got zero goals, a big fat donut in 16 games. The only guy with any kind of output for the Islanders is Brock Nelson, who got nine goals in 15 games, but now he's out four to six weeks with a lower body injury, and the Islanders have seven players in COVID protocol as we speak. So uh, Penguins are going in there with some momentum. They've won four in a row. Islanders are in the toilet for the time being. Penguins need to go in there and get two points. Tristan Jari making his seventh straight start in goal. Seven straight. That's a lot. I would assume that Smith would have to play tomorrow night when Montreal comes to PPG Paints Arena. But boy, what if what if Jari pitches a shutout or something close tonight? You need points. You need them now. You're just about dug out. I said when the Penguins started this streak, and I, and I did so randomly, but of course, that's what being a super genius is all about. I said they needed to win 7 out of 10, like, right away to get themselves legit dialed back in to the playoffs. Well, they've won four straight. They're currently in the second wildcard spot in the East, which doesn't mean much in November except it does. Remember, I talked about this a few weeks back. If you're in a playoff spot on Thanksgiving Day, 75% of the time you maintain that playoff spot and enter the postseason when the regular season concludes and... uh, The Penguins were in that spot yesterday, and hopefully that likelihood holds. Okay, up next, going to keep talking hockey with Colby Armstrong. I'm Mark Madden, live at the Rivers Casino Sportsbook. You're listening to 105.9 The X.